Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Dr. Fly, and you're listening to Watson Run Recording House's brand new podcast, The Adventures of Maple Morris Shroudsbury, Professional Mouse Detective. Now, friends, before we go visit our furry friends in Sugarloaf, don't forget to like and share Maple Morez Shroudsbury's personal Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts. There you will find special information about the master mouse detective Maple Morez Shroudsbury himself. Now, without any further delay, Episode 1, Part 1 of The Adventures of... Maple Morez Shroudsbury, Professional Mouse Detective. Through a cracked window, above the rusty whistle, a dive bar in the city of Sugarloaf lives everyone's... Well, at one time, lived everyone's favorite mouse detective, the great Maple Morez Shroudsbury. His tale wasn't exceptionally long. In fact, it was quite average for a mouse his size. His story, however, was legendary. Not just in fame, but in tragedy, which ultimately led to his calamitous and unexpected retirement. Now Morez's name is seldomly uttered, collecting dusty mold like the collection of ancient books in Shroudsbury's extensive library. Currently, Morez is covered in a thick sheet of ice in a part of town that's been uninhabited for 15 years. It was once the most luxurious and elegant part of Sugarloaf, where all the upper-class mice resided. Now, it resembled that of a wasteland. No signs of sentient life. Everything's covered in ice, abiding cold, and enveloped in complete and total darkness. No one's allowed to go to Old Sugarloaf. It's in the Forbidden Zone. Nobody wants to go to Old Sugarloaf. It's got a wretched, burning smell. And it's cold as hell. Why the hell would anyone want to go there? It's like New Jersey. Anyway, a rusted pipe leaks from the ceiling, covering not only most of the mouse detective's ancient library, yet also the rest of his tiny mouse hole. A small patch of what appears to be powdered snow now rests on Shroudsbury's left shoulder. In reality, this powdered snow that slowly drops from the ceiling covering every square centimeter of his tiny mouse hole is a combination of dead skin and cocaine residue from the owner of the Rusty Whistle, who happens to be a low-level cocaine dealer, whose addiction and unhealthy lifestyle leaves him being plagued by psoriasis. For hours at a time, he'll sit in his computer chair, organizing the cocaine baggies for sale while watching a small variety of taboo clown porn as he continuously blows lines and vigorously scratches away at the psoriasis, covering the majority of his legs. It will also come with no surprise that this guy has a mental condition where he needs to hear the noise of a fan and feel the cool air blowing on his body while he sleeps, inevitably causing that same grody concoction of snow to sweep over the windy streets of Sugarloaf. Yeah, on this day, if you listen very closely, 
closer, closer, nah, even closer. You can hear the spirits of the fallen detectives that whisper his very name throughout the wisping and windy streets of Sugarloaf. Streets are so muddy, it is unbearable. Would it kill the ministry to take some effort to clean up these streets? Ah, there she is, finally. Miss Hart, Miss Hart. Sugarloaf was going through some harsh economic times, and anxiety-ridden Twatson made his way back into the S&MPD, where he was in for the surprise of his life. Surprise! Surprise! Ah, happy birthday, Twatson! Birthday! Oh, yes, I suppose today is my birthday. Twatson, uh, get in here! Yes, Chief, uh, right away! Hey, Yes, we'll pray for you. Thanks, much. <laughs> oh, Chief, you have summoned me. Nah, don't sit down. You won't be in here that long. Let me see. Twatson, Twatson, Twatson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Says here that you were three grams short on your collection uh, last week. Yes, sir. What gives? Well, you see, I can explain. You can explain? You 
Well, I'm glad you can explain, Twatson. So, why don't you tell me, since you're all knowledgeable, how I should explain to the ministry why I'm three grams short on this week's tax collection? I, 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 you sound like Speedy Gonzalez's drunk friend. Hey, tell me, Twatson, has anyone ever told you it looks like you got two human testicles hiding uh, in your mouth? My word, Chief. Such a horrible thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it your birthday or something? Why, yes. I'm honored you remember. Nah, 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 nah. I didn't remember. I read it in today's newsletter. Oh, I see. Yeah. Happy birthday, shipwreck. You're fired. Uh, on what grounds, sir? On the grounds that I'm the commissioner, and I call the shots around here. Now get out of my office. Uh, I can't believe this. Uh. Wow. Did he give it to you or what? Yeah, man, I'm really sorry about that. Man, that sucks. Yes. Perhaps this is a blessing in disguise. I can spend some time doing what I want to do. Yeah, you right, you right. But what exactly do you want to do, Twopson? I'm not exactly sure. I've never had the time to think about what I wanted to do. Perhaps something will come to me. And that it did. After having a slice of cake, Twopson packed up his desk, putting all his belongings in a matchbox. Had another slice of cake and walked out of the S&MPD with his head hung low and his tail dragging behind him. Once Twatson got back to his hole, a pup courier approached him from behind and startled him. Hey, got a letter for Albert Twatson! Oh, you pup punk! You scared the living Danish out of me! Give me what you got there. Tip? Get out of here! Now, what does it say? You may have tangible wealth untold, caskets of jewels and coffers of gold. Richer than I, you may never be. I had a mother who read to me. I did have a mother who read to me. Yet the library's an old sugar loaf in the forbidden zone. Not sure if I could... What's that? How beautiful! How absolutely magnificent! How absolutely mozzarella! I haven't seen the moth fly in the streets of Sugarloaf in years! Twatson, fascinated by the beautiful patterns on the moth's wings, followed the moth through the muddy streets of Sugarloaf, headed towards the darker and much more frigid part of old Sugarloaf. I should have brought my scarf. It's too cold for the likes of this mouse. I should have never followed that mischievous moth. Twatson was now in the middle of old Sugarloaf, a place where no mortal mouse would dare to go in fear of facing the full extent of the ministry's wrath. The moth landed by a door that had steam pouring out the bottom of it. Twatson's curiosity got the best of him, and he climbed the clumps of ice that lined the staircase and carefully made it to the top. He examined the door, 
It had a peculiar S-shaped sigil on the door. He checked the temperature of the knob, and it was ice cold. How peculiar, he thought. If I hold that handle for too long, I feel my paw would freeze right to it, Twonson said. The moth nearby fluttered its wings, and Twonson discovered that the moth had landed on a tiny fire mouse axe that was under a thin sheet of ice. Twonson's tiny slit eyes widened slightly. As he made his way to the axe, the moth flew back down from the top of the stairs and back into the maze-like streets of old frozen sugarloaf. Oh, no! No, where are you going? Please, please take me back to sugarloaf! Yet the moth cared not and flew into the icy darkness. Twonson began scratching away at the ice to attain the fire mouse axe to use to smash open the mysterious door. And he began to do exactly that. Finally, cracking the door open, a giant frozen fog whooshed through the sizable hole Twonson created. The fog freezing Twonson to the bone. He popped his oversized collar and marched through the door. He marched up three steps and followed the source of the noisy, powerful fog and made his way through several thin shards of ice while turning into a room where a pot was emitting the icy fog. Twonson took off his jacket, held it in front of himself, and started pushing himself slowly, forcefully, and almost completely frozen. He made his way to the pot tied up the hole. Things quickly got quieter then, and the frozen fog began to settle like a snow globe, glistening snowflakes settling amongst the ice. A small crash in the next room alerted Twats. He quickly made his way shivering to the next room with the axe he picked up. As he turned the corner, a tiny lightning bolt shot against the door frame. Twonson quickly moved back and glanced into the room. The room looked like some ancient study, frozen over, covered in ice and dust, and in the middle of the room, two leather chairs, covered in ice, like cubes, except one chair seemed to be occupied by a mouse who could not be made out yet. Twonson, looking for the source of the tiny lightning bolt, then saw a small cloud hovering over the mysterious frozen mouse. It began to rumble and illuminate. Twonson, not knowing what to do, spoke. I come in peace and pizza! The mysterious illuminated cloud rumbled loudly. Twonson held out his paws from behind the door and dropped the axe. The cloud rumbled quietly in acknowledgement. Swanson reared around the door and cautiously made his way into the room to thoroughly investigate. He saw a desk of scrolls and writings covered in an icy sheet. He followed it to the ice-covered books of ancient alchemical origin. And then the cloud glowed for attention to the frozen mouse. Twonson used his palm to dust off a pocket of powdered snow that was piling up on top of the cube containing the mouse. He could see now that the mouse was a male wearing a maroon winter coat and a burnt gold scarf. No, could it be? Shrewsbury? The cloud rumbled and shot a bolt of lightning at the thick ice cube. 
Twatson went and grabbed his axe when the cloud kept striking the ice cube over and over and over again, finally cracking open the thick sheet of ice. A slow stream of urine ran down Twatson's leg. Once the cube was cracked open, Shroudsbury slumped in his chair, preserved as if he was cryogenically frozen. The cloud began to get smaller, and its magic glow dissipated and rested over Maple's left shoulder. A small patch of powdered snow began to gather on his left shoulder. With wet pants, Twanson knelt at Shroudsbury's side, grabbing his head to verify it was really him, then checked his pulse to confirm Maple was dead. He even held his head to Maple's chest. That's when he heard what sounded like a heart coughing. Maple was alive. I can't believe it. Maple's heart slowly started beating. All of the shocks from the lightning bolts must have kick-started Shroudsbury's heart like a defibrillator. Twatson said in his pea-stained pants, saw the cloud hovering over Shroudsbury's shoulder. It now just looked like a thick mass. No illumination, just pure cloud. No longer sentient, now indifferent. Detective Shroudsbury! Twanson said, shaking and smacking Shroudsbury in the face. He could still see Shroudsbury was still quite frozen, so he dragged his frozen carcass across the room to the hearth behind the desk and stoked the fire hotter. This resulted in Maple falling out quicker in a more controlled state. This allowed the blood to flow through his veins and the water back into his system, and the cloud began to rumble slowly. Watson stood away from Maple's body in the cloud, fearing the worst. There was Maple's body, disgusting mouth, rotting teeth, with fifteen years gathering tomb breath. He had the mouth of an ancient Egyptian pharaoh. It was only then until Twatson began to realize that he was going to have to give Shroudsbury mouth to mouth to pump air into his lungs. The thought of putting his mouth on Shroudsbury's mouth turned Twatson's stomach into lava. That's when Twatson had one hell of an idea. Why not bring Shroudsbury to the leaking pipe and fill his lungs with that frozen air? Twatson tosses Shroudsbury over his shoulders. The cloud quick to follow. Twatson locked the door behind him to contain the powerful stream of air. Placed Shroudsbury up against the door with his mouth wide open. Then, Twatson removed his jacket so that the cold stream of air could go down Shroudsbury's gullet and enter his lungs. Unfortunately, the stream of air overpowered Shroudsbury in the cloud and pushed them up against the door. Twatson could see, however, that the stream of air was going directly into Shroudsbury's mouth. Yes, yes! Breathe it in, Shroudsbury! Let him into your lungs! Twatson then tied up the leaking pipe with his jacket once again, ceasing the freezing stream of air. He quickly scurried to Shroudsbury's side. Shroudsbury! Maple! Please, wake up! <coughs> Maple coughed, and out of his mouth came two snowflakes. I can't believe that worked! Detective Shroudsbury! Maple! 
Can you hear me? Morez grunted a few times as a few more snowflakes poured out of his mouth. That's when Shrewsbury's left eye began to crack open slowly. The moonlight glazed eyeball twisted and turned in his tiny mouse skull. His right eyeball followed suit, uncovered from the world for the first time in 15 years. It resembled that of a sunny side up egg until spun around to the darkest black. A black blacker than black and still darker. Nah, even darker than that. Morez tried focusing his eyes, yet to no avail, and Twatson seemed to be just a shadowy blur. Detective Salisbury, if you can hear me, my name is Albert Twatson, and I'm here to help. I have to get you out of here. Can you walk? Maple burped, and Twatson passed out cold oh. from the rotten tomb breath of the resurrected Maple Morez Shrewsbury. Watson's eyes were slow to open, but he found himself in front of Morez's heart, covered with a blanket, and his coat resting on the chair. What? Where? Watson then saw Morez smoking out of his mint leaf pipe, sitting in his chair, chilling like a villain. Detective Shrewsbury, you've been missing for the last 15 years! I must get you out of this toxic pot of sugarloaf and into safety immediately. Maple said not a word, sat stoic, and blew smoke out of his mouth in the shape of snowflakes. He's lost it, Twatson thought to himself as he jumped to his tiny mouse feet and said, Well, time to take you back. He pulled Shrewsbury out of his chair and dragged him out into the ice-covered streets of old sugarloaf. Shrewsbury was about to walk the streets of Sugarloaf for the first time in 15 years. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you enjoyed Episode 1, Part 1 of The Adventures of Maple Morez Shrewsbury, Professional Mouse Detective. For everyone at Watson Run Recording House, I'm Dr. Fly, and I'll see you next time on The Adventures of Maple Moran Shrewsbury, Professional Mouse Detective.